0: Italians have figured out through thousands of years that they need to blow off steam. Mm-hmm. They understand that we can't be too wound tight. So they don't allow the conversation of business to, to come into a lunch or a dinner because that's not the purpose of a lunch or a dinner. The purpose of a lunch or a dinner is to laugh and connect and have fun oh, because we got to go because we got to go back to work.
1: and I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show's another Money Monday here where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. And we are changing it up for Money Monday. Instead of me doing a solo episode like I typically do, I wanted to talk to one of my dearest friends, Rob Murgatroy, about he has created the most authentic, the most aligned dream life that I have ever seen anyone create. And I want to do a deep dive as to where money played a role in it. And it's not going to be what you think. This is not going to be an episode about, hey, you got to work hard to earn more in order to get what you want. No, you're going to hear a story of somebody who had a clear vision for how he and his wife wanted to live life and then went out and became clear about how much money that was going to take. And I think the episode's going to empower you, it's going to surprise you, and it's going to leave you asking the right questions around how to create the most aligned, perfect life for you and how you can afford it probably quicker than you think. I'm really excited for you to listen to this and for you to get your feedback. Now, if you don't know who Rob Murgatroy is, of course, he's a podcaster and, and, and one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And when you see Laurie and I go on these incredible trips in the south of France and to Italy and all these other you know places where we do one of a kind, like once in a lifetime things, he's the one that curates those trips. Prior to that, he was a chiropractor for a lot of years. And he's just got a wide range of remarkable experience and remarkable success. And it's the way that he is living his life in Florence, Italy now, and some of the things that he's learned that I really wanted to share with you, because I think it'll reshape your money mindset a little bit. In addition to that, by the way, you've seen my circle of influence, you've seen my friends, you've, you've seen the tribe that we run with, and you know that a lot of our success comes from being able to share ideas with all of those individuals playing at a really high level. And you know, you probably saw that Lori and I went to a mastermind, a bit of a round table, if you will, that Brendan Bouchard pulled together and invited 35 of us out there in Napa. And we just hung out for three days, going through a few strategic questions that caused us all to share what's working and what we needed help on the most. And the breakthroughs, the breakthroughs were the most insane breakthroughs I've ever had in my life and in business. And I want to curate that same experience for you. I want to get you around a round table in a small group, 10 to 12 people, and I want to facilitate open conversation around what is working and what your biggest needs are. And we want to come together as a group and problem solve those needs. If you're interested in doing this, this is one of the ways that I'm really paying it forward this year, creating a little bit of time to create these containers so that we can get together in person and actually form real networking relationships. It's not a mastermind whatsoever. It's two days to change your freaking life. If you want to be considered, I would love to chit-chat back and forth a little bit about what your business is and what your goals are. To get it started, just text me the word ROUNDTABLE to 310-421-0416. Again, text me the word ROUNDTABLE two three one zero four two one zero four one six. Again that's three one zero four two one zero four one six. We'll chat back and forth a little bit and I'll put together the most perfect group to mix it up, share ideas, and facilitate breakthroughs together for a couple of days in person here in Scottsdale. All right guys, get ready because Rob's story about how, he, how he's created the most perfectly aligned, authentic, joyful life on a budget is about to unfold. Here we go.
0: All right, Rob, my friend, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? I am doing so good, and I am so freaking happy to see your face, dude. Likewise, it's funny. I, I always start the
1: show with, "Hey, so and so, my friend, welcome to the show." But it's different when I say it to you. You know, I've got lots of friends and uh, of all different levels. But your family, friend is an understatement. You're fam. And, you know, it's funny. I texted you a little while back. I'm like, hey, would you pop back on the show? Because of everybody I know who's close and intimate in my life, you are probably living the most authentically happy, aligned life, out of everybody I know and that's not to say others aren't but I think you've mastered it and that's really what I what I wanted to have you on the chat about today
0: Well, I am so happy to do it, you know, and every opportunity I get to see you, it's a weird thing, you know, if any of your listeners have ever moved out of the country, it is a very strange thing to move out of the country because people sort of believe that you move to Jupiter and there's a big time change. It's like 10 hours, you know, from certainly from the West coast and, uh, You lose that connection to people that have had the most impact in your family and your friends. So any opportunity to do this, you know, like we're bridging the time gap right now. You know, I'm I'm getting ready to go to bed, and you're getting ready to have your coffee. You know, yep, yep. I literally just
1: finished my workout, start my workday, and you're getting ready to wrap up your day. And for those of you that are listening, if if you need extra context, you know, Rob and his wife Kim and his daughter Sophia picked up and moved from Manhattan Beach, California to. Florence, Italy, and that was it. Been eighteen months ago now. It's almost two years, yeah. So let's start there, because I know for a long time that it was your guys' dream to live over there. And sometimes when we have a dream, the reality once we get there isn't quite what the dream was. And I also know you had a hell of a lot of hurdles to clear in order to get there. So this is a two-part question. The first part of the question is. Is the dream as good as you thought it would be? Add a context around that. And the second part of the question will be describe one of the hurdles you had to overcome to get to this dream life.
0: Well, I, I think I have to unpack that a little bit more to give proper context to both of those questions. I was a chiropractor for 25 years, and all I wanted to do was move to the West Coast. That was the dream. And Chris, you were extremely intru- instrumental at that point in my life in trying to sell the practice move out to the west etc and it was a very interesting experience because my wife asked me prior to doing that she said look can we spend a few months before we go from atlanta which is where we were living can we spend a few months in florence and then move to the west coast and i was like sure let's do it and Moving here for those three to four months was a magical experience. But you know, like most people listening, when you have your, if you sort of have that striver entrepreneurial goal focused way of doing things, like I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, like my eye was on the prize. I wanted to move to California. So when we left here, we went to california but what was interesting was looking back I'm in the process of writing a book right now about this about this experience and so I'm sort of like uncovering a lot of these thoughts that I was going through at that time and you know my wife said to me you know do you recall that we were talking to attorneys about living about potentially moving to staying here in florence while we were talking to real estate agents about moving to California. Do you wow. remember that ambivalence between the two? And I said, you know, I certainly, I remember now that you pointed it out, but really my focus was on moving to California. That was the dream. That's what I wanted. But looking back now, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And looking back now, I certainly, you know, was doing that. And making that move from here to L.A., for the first time, was a very interesting thing for me, because I was in an environment of people that were very entrepreneurial, like yourself. And there was a moment where I remember just having this, you know these visions of what I wanted to accomplish in LA. And my schedule was just packed. It was like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock zoom, one after the other, and this is coming from Italy. And my office, uh, as you know, you've been over the house. My office was right off of my kitchen. And I came in from the office and I jumped into, I had like two minutes and I jumped into the kitchen to make a shake and go back into the meeting. And I could look at my wife, Kim. She wanted to say something to me and I could just see it in her face, but I had like a second and she looks at me and she was pissed. And she goes, you know, I like you better in Italy. and. I remember like going, you know, my first reaction was, What the hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah, my second you, I'm reaction, working hard here. Supporting the Yeah, family. like I'm I'm working my ass off. I'm trying mm. to and I know what she was saying. She was saying, like, you came back to you were in Italy, and the guy that I met in Italy, and this is the thing, you and I have not had this conversation before, so it's interesting to have it now. But as you know, I have a heart for the art and experiences of life. That's a driver for me. The way you and giving back is for you, that is the thing for me. And when I fulfill this dream of being in LA and I was surrounded by that world of entrepreneurship, looking back on it now, there was a lot of that that just wasn't right for me. And I wasn't listening... It wasn't aligned. I was li- I wasn't listening to my own voice. I was following a blueprint of other people. I always felt like I was behind. I always felt like my house wasn't big enough. You know, I wanted to get to the beach and I got to the beach, but it, but it wasn't on the sands and the car worked, but it wasn't the right car. And I, I just, I always felt like I was behind and that world was always enforcing me play bigger. You got to play bigger. You got to play bigger. And I realized that the play bigger, what I heard in the play bigger was it was really code for making more money. Mm. How much more money can you make? It wasn't playing bigger in your life. It wasn't playing bigger in your relationships. It was how much more money can you make? Wow. And there was a disconnect between what my heart wanted or what Kim saw when I was in Italy and how I was behaving when I was in LA. And the, and that disconnect, I needed to reconcile. And I think the, the universe, you know, if I can get a little woo-woo here, I think the universe reconciled that for me in, in getting here. So I'll think, I'll stop there, but I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. I
1: was gonna say I think we need to, to bring in a stark comparison now. Give me a few examples of how different your life is compared to the examples you just gave of rushing in and out of
0: zooms and all of that stuff. Okay, so if you would have asked me when is enough enough, mm-hmm. I would have said to you it's never enough. We keep growing and we need to keep growing. But moving here what I realized is that when enough is enough when it erodes the bandwidth that you've set for a great life. So for example, if I have a if my bandwidth is that in the morning, I spend time with Sophia before she goes to school. And then I do an hour, you know, like you, you and Lori do your, your morning walk. I do my, my morning coffee with Kim. I go to the gym for a few hours. I work for three or four hours on projects that I'm passionate about. And then I'm home at night for the family. Like that's, that's my day. Right. And so if I bring in more things into that day, That begin to erode the, for me, that's the perfect life. That's the life that creates satisfaction and fulfillment. And if I bring more projects into that life and that begins to erode that bandwidth that I've established for a happy life, then it's no longer a happy life. Then it's just doing more to do more. Does that make sense? Your life tangibly happier now. It's tangibly happier because the one thing that I was unaware of, and there's no way that I can really explain this to people who haven't experienced it, but there's a guy named Robert Waldinger who created, like, he's run the longest happiness survey for people who are self-reporting whether or not they're happy. It's something like 80 years now. He's the fourth generation in doing this. And the one thing that he said, as well as the Blue Zones have said for longevity, is community, Mm -hmm. and I would have said, I have community, I have friends, you know, I've got, you know, we have a mutual friend, Darren, and we have a mutual friend, Matt, and I would have said, I have friends, but moving here to give you the answer to the question that you asked, moving here, the level of community I've never quite experienced in my life. I've never had this many people that are Actively involved in the day to day life that I have now, I've never experienced it at this level. And when you have that amount of people that know what's going on in your life, I'm not even quite sure that everybody, everybody anybody, even knows what I do for a living. And I don't even know half of the things that they do for a living. Like one night, I, ha- I was having dinner over at a friend's house, and he was talking about bonds. I said, well, you seem to know a lot about bonds. He said, well, I've been a bond broker for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've been friends with you for two years and I never asked you what you did for a living. Yeah. That is the consistent theme. So in America, it's the first question. What do you do for a living, right? It's, it's kind of like the ice cream. It really Here, is. Oh, great Here, to meet you. It, what do you do? It does not come up. It does not come up. What somebody does, does not come up. What you're interested in, what you're passionate about, Conversations about life, that's what comes up. So, community would be the strongest answer I can give you to that question.
1: I'm going to press you to go even deeper. What does the community look like that you feel community more now than you did when you were in LA? So, the
0: community looks like, (laughs) frankly, more than I can possibly do in any given week. I, I got a message this afternoon and somebody said, Hey, can we meet for coffee? And I'm like, Sure. If you would have asked me in LA, can we meet for coffee? What would we do? We'd open our calendar and I'd yeah. say and be how, does the, <laughs> how does the how does the twelfth at two look like? But I got a heart out at 259. <laughs> that there's no heart out here. God. You're walking out your door and you're walking to a cafe and you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're talking about girls, <laughs> you're talking about soccer, you're talking about life, you're joking. This is an interesting thing. The Italians have figured out through thousands of years that they need to blow off steam. Mm -hmm. They understand that we can't be too wound tight. So they... Don't allow the conversation of business to to come into a lunch or a dinner because that's not the purpose of a lunch or a dinner. The purpose of a lunch or dinner is to laugh and connect and have fun because we got to go, because we got to go back to work.
1: Interesting. Yeah. We just use it to keep processing through work with the person we're sitting across.
0: Yeah. Like, for example, I looked last week. I mean, I don't want to get too political here, but I think it's, it's relevant to this conversation. Last year, there were 705 mass shootings in the U S 705. That's one or more people. So last week, you know, I don't, I don't even know if a lot of Americans even know this, but like last week, there were like 10 people killed in this thing and 12 people mm-hmm. killed in that thing. And what's interesting is being here after a couple of years, It starts to look like you're watching a movie. It doesn't even look real and like nonsensical. It doesn't even look real. It doesn't even like, how can somebody go into a school and shoot somebody up? It it doesn't make sense because it would never happen here. There were zero shootings here last year. Zero. So when you get out of a place that it's Tuesday and you get into a place where it's never, you start to re question things and you go like, why is that the case? And when your heart is full, and you are happy where you're having 15 people over the house with their children on Sunday and you're laughing together as a family and people are checking in on you, your heart is so full and you feel so satiated, so happy that you just don't have that level of unhappiness and now I understand why The people who live the longest in the world come from places like Italy because there are so many things that make us as a human being outside of just grinding away. We have more money than anybody else in the world and we rank almost last in happiness in so many surveys. Our health is not great. We're obese. And like, there's like, you can run down the list. So when you step into a world where it's so different. And you start to realize that you're just excited about life. And you put like, like, I'll give you an example. You and I sat down, we, we had a dinner in Beverly Hills and we sat down and, you know, we were all talking about our goals. And I, I remember I said, I, I want to make $2 million. And you called me out. You're like, okay. Why? Okay, dipshit. Why do you want to make $2 million? And I'm like, because it sounds like a lot of money and yep. you're like yeah it's not a good answer and so we sat down and together you made me pull my checkbook out and and come up with all my expenses for what my current budget was and then you said what's your dream and i was like i want a villain in tuscany and i want this and i want that and you made me calculate it and i looked at that number and the number at the time was 600,000 which sounds like a you know a lot of money but, but to a live the dream life of 2 million far cry from 2 million. And then I came here. And when I came here, that 600,000 because of living in Europe is now 400,000. And then I started to realize that a lot of things that you and I talked about, like having the Tesla and having all these things, wasn't that important to me. And so I started to go, well, what's that number? And then that number is like now down to 300. And, um, over the moon happy with living that life for a couple hundred thousand dollars and working three hour shifts you and being know, able four to days say week. yes to coffee on the same day that somebody asks you and being able to say yes to coffee yeah
1: it's interesting when we got on this thing you know here i am talking to my friend from italy I we text a lot but i don't get to you know talk to you a lot and what was my first thing? Hey man, I got a heart out at five minutes to the hour. I got to go get on another interview. Okay. Like if you look at my day, if you said, Chris, now I'm in town, surprise, let's go get coffee. I'd say, oh man, I've got this Rob interview from 11 to 12. or at 12. I got to go get on somebody else's interview where they're interviewing me. Then at uh, two o'clock, I have to go speak at an event that is in town here. And then I have to come home and do another uh, real quick little podcast and clean up all my texts and emails. Like, that is such a different way of living than what I'm watching. And I've been over there, so I've seen it with my own eyes. Watching you guys live. And here's where I want to take this. And you kind of already went there with the money thing. People would have thought that you had to be wildly independently wealthy already. They would have had a thought, they would have thought that you would have had, you know, 10, 20 million bucks in a bank already to live the life that you are, because you have an incredible apartment with a doorman and all these great things over there and you're living in Florence like one of the most stylish beautiful cities in the world and you got all these great clothes all the time they were thought that you got really rich here and then went over there but I know for a fact that wasn't the case and I hope you don't mind me saying that you did a great job of making money over here but you didn't walk over there with millions and millions of dollars yet you're still living the life that it would have taken millions and millions of dollars here to live what comes up for you when you when you hear that or see that
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. There's like nature, nurture, and neighborhood, right? Like Mm -hmm. our nature is kind of like, you know, this is just who I am. And then there's like how we were raised. But then there's neighborhood. And, you know, I was talking to, I don't want to mention his name, because he didn't give me permission to say this, but I was talking to an author that I introduced you to when I was here. and you know, I said to him, are you going to write another book? And and he's super successful. He's got multiple New York Times bestsellers, et cetera. And he said, mm, the only way I'll write another book is if I move back to New York. And I was like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? He said, because the environment is triggering. It's going to make me want to do certain things. He said, when I walk around, like, Florence is like a, like a, like in Italy too. It's, it's like a little snow globe. It's like a village. Do you know what I mean? Like you walk and you see the baker, the candlestick maker. Like this morning, I went to the fishmonger. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a weird, it's very strange. It's a very strange place. And so there's no reinforcement to say, go write another New York Times bestseller. You know, get get yourself back on Oprah for the sixth time. Do you know what I mean? Like, There's no stimulation in that way. So neighborhood dictates how you behave. And conversely, when I was in LA, I felt very inadequate. And I don't know that I ever would have been able to fulfill that void that I felt of if I moved to the hills would the house be big enough? If I got, if I got, if I changed my car, would it, would it be like, then is it a plane? It doesn't end. It doesn't doesn't end. end. It doesn't end. And so the the only way it it ends when you end it, right? All my friends are buying jets right now.
1: So I'm like, God damn it. I need a jet. Like it it doesn't doesn't end, end
0: Rob. Yeah, I know it. It doesn't end. So, so making that decision to end it, for me would not have been possible if I stayed in the States or, or certainly it would have been a hell of a lot easier here. I have, this is the crazy part about this. The friends I have here are far wealthier because it's generational wealth mm-hmm. than the friends I had in America, like far wealthier, like, like trust funds with trust funds, with trust funds money. Right. Cause it's like, these are common well known brands, fashion house brands, automobile brands that Americans, you know, have can roll off oh, their for context. Last time I was visiting you, we went to dinner with the Ferragamo family. There you go. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're a perfect example. So we're talking about that kind of generational wealth and even them, they're not interested. Like they are when I go out with and James would be James Ferragama would be perfectly fine with me saying this. When when I go out with him, he could give a fuck about what car I'm driving. He yep. does not care. What he cares is about me. He cares about inviting me for a drink with his friends and he wants to know what I'm up to. That's what he cares about. And being in that environment of those kinds of people and, and and conversely, I have multiple friends here who you've met too. Mm -hmm. who've exited for hundreds of millions of dollars. And what they're interested in is having a wonderful life. And so the question is, how many hundreds of millions do you need to have a wonderful life? And what I've learned is for me, a couple hundred thousand is pretty good here.
1: Yeah. It's fascinating because you're all living the same life over there mostly. I mean, one might have a great big villa right out in in Tuscany or whatever, but for the most part, just because I got to go over and spend a lot of time with you and and meet a lot of these people, you're all just living the same life, sharing the same meals, having the same cocktails and the same pre schedule, right? Whether you're currently still earning or whether you've already earned. And it's very much a lifestyle of life first and money second over there. Yeah, Yeah. People look healthier and they seem happier. So where does America have it wrong? And are we, are we just fucked for life if we stay
0: here? Well, I think that when you're dealing with a country that's 200 years old and you're dealing with another one that's 2000 years old, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to ever get that kind of DNA absorbed into such an, a a sure relatively new yeah. country. Yeah, like, you know, we went out to dinner the other night and we walked into the wine cellar and the wine cellar was from 37 BC. So think about that, right? So our country's 2023, you know, years mm-hmm. so now take 2023 and add another 37 years behind it yeah. so in our minds in our american minds it's very hard to process how anything existed before america <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, it's what i mean very little, narrow view very narrow it's view. a it, it's very narrow and i had a conversation with somebody once and he said you know you guys are like britney spears i said what do you mean he said you just like you're teenagers. You're kind of silly. I said, "Why do you say that?" He said, "Because we've had, you know, like yes, you had nine eleven, and it was horrible. But we've had tanks roll through, like right outside my window, right here. There were tanks rolling down the street for World War Two and World War One, and and then there was, you know, the Romans were invading and the Greeks were invading. Like, like there's thousands of years of strife, and famine, and, and surviving." And so, what comes at the end of those thousands of years is a passion for living, because tomorrow isn't promised. Oh, wow. And what makes the the totality of life comes from you know feeling alive and and eating you know, the eating amazing food and fashion and family. These are the things that light up our soul, and I I, I just think that. Where we have it wrong is, you know, we have been indoctrinated into America's the greatest country in the world, right? That's what it is. It's the greatest country in the world. I don't know about that. We're obese. We're killing each other. We've got a lifespan that's pretty damn low. And there's a multitude of, you know, things that come with that. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that for me... When you get a taste of living in a place that's thousands of years old, you get the benefit of what they've learned yeah. in those thousands of years because it gets translated and transmuted down to the generations. That's powerful.
1: So the next question then has to be this. Most people are going to pick up and move their family to Florence, Italy, or Tuscany, or Rome, or you know, any of those places. It's just not in the cards for them. Yeah. So short of that, what would your advice be for them? I know you do a lot of coaching around people that just feel like, damn it, I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. I'm, I'm in a rat race. How can we build yeah. a more Italian-esque life but stay over here?
0: Well, I think first we have to talk about like who is the person that may be experiencing this. and I, And I can tell you that the kind of people that come across my radar are the people that perhaps have been doing something for a while. It could be 10 years, could be 20 years, somewhere in there. They're a little bored. They're a little complacent. They could do what they're doing in their sleep. They can phone it in. The money is starting to begin to not feel worth it to them. You know, I was a, you know I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, or whatever. But there's stress and fear around being a newbie at something and starting from ground zero the idea is exciting for them but it's also terrifying it's invigorating and it's confusing you know but the writing is on the wall for a lot of people and they're thinking about they're starting to move into conversations and i know i certainly am into conversations about legacy and mortality and you start to realize that you know you and i are both aware that you know Mortality is something that we can't take for granted and we have to just go all in. And, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the people that I coach and talk with about this. It's kind of like there's a, there's a river that's flowing through them. You know, it's like, uh, I'm working in the bank now, but I got this. I've always loved motorcycles and, and I don't know. I don't know how to do this motorcycle thing, but it's in me. And either they, Allow that river to flow through them, take action on it, and make the change, and then the universe will conspire and reward them for the action, and they'll figure it out. Or the opposite happens, and it becomes a poison that flows through them, and they move into depression, and resentment, and agitation, because they're not taking action on it. and. I think to answer the question with that preamble is to get clear on what it is that you want. And yeah. the only way you can do that is is by doing the work and getting honest. Like, what do I really want, you know, with my life? What creates expats is people who say, I want something different, you know? Now, you don't have to move to Europe. You right. just have to get clear on what it is that you want. And then fight for it. Fight like hell and, for it. And then fight for it. It's so easy to look, this this was the lesson that I got. I believed that if I got a template from somebody on how they made money, then my life would be happy. And I spent the most of my life doing that and trying to figure out, like I had a conversation, this is interesting, you, you'll love this. I had a conversation with our mutual friend, Matt, about this and He's been so instrumental in writing this book. The title of the book is I Like You Better in Italy. And I was having a conversation with Matt because he's so insightful, you know, and he's helping me think through things. And I said, you know, I always wanted $10 million. And he said, well, where did that come from? And I said, I've always wanted it. He said, no, 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 but stay with me. Where did it come from? Think back. I said, where did it come from? And I said, I know exactly where it came from. I was talking to my friend Darren, another mutual friend of ours, and Darren said $10 million. And he said, why did Darren say $10 million? I said, because at the time we were making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and the interest that, making 200000 a year, the interest that the $10 million would throw off would basically replace the couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And he said, well, that makes logical sense, except for one thing, and I said, what? He goes, it wasn't your fucking idea. Yeah, it wasn't your dream. It wasn't my dream. He said, that, that made sense to Darren. That was what he wanted. He said, so you have to figure out this template that you're searching for, where this guy did this and that guy did that. And if I just do that, then I'll get the money. But what do you want? And so being here over the last couple of years, has got me more in touch with what it is that I want. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's next for you? How do you balance
1: ambition that you have without starting to creep back into bad American
0: habits so that you can continue to enjoy your life over there? I think getting, getting super clear on what it is that I want and staying within those things is the first step. And then just having a goal that I know is a little bit out of my comfort zone, but within the bandwidth for having a great life and stretching to reach that. But more than that, just getting really honest and clear about what I truly need and want to have to have a great life and not defaulting to the work muscle, but saying, how do I make my relationship with my wife better? How do I make my relationship with my daughter better? How do I make my body better? How do I make my relationship with my friends better? And leaning on those areas that are outside of business as much as I used to lean on the areas of business.
1: How do you want your daughter? You have two daughters. One of them I is do. twenty. three ish 24, yeah. 24, God. And uh, how old is Sophia right now? She's nine. She She's eight. Eight. How do you want Sophia to grow up viewing money and life. And this would be interesting. What do you want for Demi, your older daughter? Because she's over here very much living that fast paced
0: American lifestyle. What do you want for her as well? Those are two different answers because they, you know, when you have a 24 year old and an eight year old they're raised in very different parts of your life. You know, I was, I was, so a lot of what I taught her that sort of hustle and grind, she is doing extraordinarily well. She lives in San Diego and she's stepping into that. But when she comes to visit me, she sees a side of me and a side of our life that she's never seen before. And I want her to maintain, you know, listen, there's a season of life too. You know, I'm I'm 56 and she's 24. So, you know, it's okay to be where she is at her stage. And it's okay to be where I am at my stage. But to answer the the essence of your question, I want her to fully encapsulate all of the areas of her life and not just work. Yeah. For Sophia, I want her to be a citizen of the world, like a real citizen of the world. I want her to really understand that there are different languages and there are different customs and there are different ways of doing things. And I want her to experience arts and culture. And like, you know, she's sipping, like for her eighth birthday, she had a glass of wine. It was watered down. God forbid she had oh, a fucking glass the of wine. Here, come here the comes the DMs. The DM. Can you imagine? She had a glass of wine. You know, every 21 year olds that comes to Italy, I watch them, the Americans who come, I could see them outside my door. They're all fucked up and passed out because they could drink. Yeah. But the Italians look at them like, I've been drinking since I'm eight years old. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is nothing. It's, it's taboo. So I want her as it relates to money is I want her to understand that she needs a certain amount of money to live the life that she wants to live and to have savings in the way that she wants it. But I don't want it to be a God to her. I want it to be a component that she understands is a tool that is useful for her life. Man, that's a wonderful way to put it. An extension of that
1: question, and I've got no idea if you feel this way or not. Is there any part of you that wishes Demi would have had the upbringing that Sophia is now getting? Or are you glad that they
0: both got different journeys? I think, yeah, you know, I'm not a guy that lives with a lot of regret, but if I really think about it's like, I mean, I don't want to turn the question back around on you, but do you remember when you were 20? <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you remember? You're like, you know, you're just, I was a lot, I was a lot more like Demi than, than, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just, you're just a different person. So yeah, you know, I wish I had. The wisdom that I have now, but I was 29, you know, when I had her. I'm a different person. So the answer is yes. And there's no way around it. And I'm sure if I had her at 66 or 76, like I think Mick Jagger is right now with a baby, I'm sure you have even more wisdom.
1: It's wild. So what does the future look like? Do you stay there forever? And here's why here's the crux. Yeah. In America, not only are we racing around every day to pay for our current lifestyle, but we're racing around because we have to build up enough wealth to support a retired lifestyle. So what people don't realize, the reason why things are so damn tough. If you ever feel like you're you're burnt out and you can't get ahead, is because you're building two lifestyles, your today lifestyle and your retirement lifestyle at the same time in just a certain period of window, while well, you can earn, right? So no wonder if you people feel broke and burnt out. That's a lot of pressure. What does your retirement look like? Because the cost of living to live an extraordinary aligned life in Florence is very different than it is if you ever came back to the States,
0: so do you yeah. guys stay
1: there forever? What does that look like?
0: Well, uh, the first part of the question is, would we stay here forever? I can't ever imagine I have no intention, desire of ever living outside of Europe. Europe is absolutely the place that is right for me in my life, and I don't want to leave. so you want to to Russia?
1: I so don't you know, want to go to uh, Russia
0: the or the Ukraine or, or, or anywhere in that area, it is the right lifestyle for me because in an hour in Germany, France, you yeah. know, uh, See, every weekend
1: you guys get on a train
0: and you're in Paris, you get on a train, you're in London, you get a train. Like it's, it's incredible. We just, we, we live it. So I don't want to be anywhere else in terms of retirement. It's really simple. Like I sat down with you, we came up with a number, we decided what that number looks like. That number then backs into how much money do I need to save each year? And just like throwing the garbage out. It's like, I'm ticking the box. Like, this is what I got to make this year. This is what I got to save. And I'm not focused on expanding that number. I don't need that number to be bigger. I don't want it to be bigger. I There's want no to have no outside sources forcing you to make to, to think None. it has to be bigger. None, because I understand what it takes to have a great life. I know what it takes. It takes great community. It takes things you're interested. Like I'm interested in fashion, so it, it like for me, like that's a, a a thing that I like. So I lean into that. Like that's where I spend more money. I don't give a shit about cars. And you know, it's funny. I, I did just see, got though, that you guys just picked up a little electric tennis shoe. Congratulations. Okay, we we, we for you this is the smallest penis that you, you would ever imagine in, in life. But <laughs> let me tell you. I had 12 years of a new 911. Like every mm-hmm. every 2 years I bought a new 911. I did that for around 10-12 years, something like that. And I have never been more excited yeah. Than to drive around in this pregnant roller skate through the streets, <laughs> through the streets of Florence and through the hills of Tuscany in this little, you know, it's a, they call it a Cinquecento, which means a Fiat five hundred, yeah. and to, it's a brand new one. You know, it's like we we drive to you know the hills of Tuscany. Where we went my wife's birthday was this weekend. We went out through the hills and. I don't think about it. I have no desire for it. When I walk through the streets here, I, there's no Ferraris that, that give me, you know, make, make me feel insecure. And I'm, I'm really, really good with what I have. And the funny thing is most of the friends that I have who have more money than God are driving around and you should Google something called the Twizzy. And it's, it's it basically a Twizzy. And it's even, it, it's a scooter basically with like a covering, oh you know? Gosh. And everybody's like, you know, just really, really happy with it. So I couldn't say that, you know, this would be something that I, I wouldn't have said that this would be something that excites me the way it does, But, but it does. I'm excited about it. Boy, it shows you, though, just how in touch you are with
1: what's important to you and what's not important to you. And I don't know that you would have ever been able
0: to get that clear if you hadn't taken yourself out of a rat race environment. It wouldn't have happened. And the catalyst moment, honestly, was Kim saying to me, I like you better in Italy, because it started the discussion of why. And then it took a while for me to figure out that I needed to step into the things that worked for me. And 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 listen, there are people that I know here, just to be, you know, to like, be fully fair about this like i don't want to be one sided there are people that i know that have been here and said hey this isn't for me like you know everything is broken <laughs> like nothing fucking works in italy do you know yeah. what i mean everything is complicated yeah. and they leave and they go back you know i had dinner with a hedge fund guy from la beverly he was his restoring a home in beverly hills moved out here to give it a trial run while I, and kind of decided, do I want to live here or 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 move back? And, and after about a month, he's like, this isn't for me. Like I, need, like, and he's, you know, he's like 30 and he is, he's in that hustle thing. Like he just, he wants to grind. He wants to be in that environment. And that, that's okay. Like that's, that's what he wants. That's the place in his life that he's in. And it's I have other online. people. It's about being aligned, isn't it? That's it's about, about being aligned. It's a line for him and it's, it's, per, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. So you got to know what is right for you, but don't bullshit yourself. Like be honest with yourself and realize why are you doing it? Uh, am I buying an Aston? Because Chris has an Aston. Mm-hmm. Am I having $10 million? Because Darren wants $10 million. Am I building a company to sell? Because Matt has a company to sell. Mm-hmm. What does Rob want? Yeah. Rob's happy with a pregnant roller skate right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to take
1: the last, you know, five, six minutes here yeah. to really empower people to fight for the life they want. And I want to do it by you having to tell a quick version of a story. For you to be able to go over to Italy and rent an apartment and establish a life, you had to go through crazy hoops with your Passports green cards whatever they call them over there can you yep. tell that story of how you had to fight for it and trust and just what you had to pull off in order to to get there
0: yeah so basically we when we made the decision that we were gonna we were gonna do this and we were gonna move here we had to figure out okay well now the decision is made we gotta like how do you, how do you actually do it like going from the dream to the the actual the granular the granular part of it so We had to make an appointment at the Italian embassy. And in the Italian embassy, they want to see, you know, it's like everything in Italy, like everything is sort of bendable, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I can do what I want to do, but you better give me a reason for it. And so they look, and it's not so much about how much money you have in the bank. It's a little bit more about how much income you have coming in. Are you going to be a drain on our economy? Are you really... Are you going to be able to support yourself? But more importantly, why? Why do you want to move here? And so I went to the embassy and, you know, we showed her our financial information and we said, you know, we want to live in, we want to live in, in your beautiful country and we want our daughter to be educated there and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, okay, well, give me your passport and we'll give you an answer in three or four months. And I said, I can't give you a passport because I have an event I'm doing in Greece next week. Big travel way? event that you put on, which, by yeah. the way, everyone
1: needs to DM you because they're, they're lorries in my favorite trips of our lives. Our best memories in our lives, Rob, have been created and cultivated by by you on these trips. So Thanks. DM Rob if you want to go on a fancy-ass once-in-a-lifetime trip. Okay, keep going. Sorry.
0: I said, well, I got to go to Greece. I'm leaving for Greece. I said, well, look, if there's any way – I'll give you my passport. If there's Any way that I can come pick it up in six days and get my visa, that would be amazing. And she's like, I don't think you heard me. It's going to take months to get your visa. And I said, I know, I know, I know. Just keep it, maybe. And she said, fine. Six days later, I call her and I said, hey, can I come pick my passport up? And she said, you can. Do you also want to come pick up your visa? And I said, you did it. She said, I did it. So. When you're clear about what you want, the universe has a funny way of conspiring. And we got the visa and, and you know, we were on a plane and and we moved here. Wow, I freaking love that.
1: You gotta have faith and you gotta fight for it, man. You gotta ask for it. You only get what you ask for and you only get what you fight for. I and mean, you've really fought to, to have a dream life. I know you do a lot of coaching for other people around this. Who is the right client for you to coach? And I know it's always people
0: in transition. And how do they reach out and and be considered as a client? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's two things that I focus on right now. One is coaching and the other one is events, which I'll tell you quickly we have coming up in the south of France, and that's going to be May 30th to June 4th. So if anybody following you has seen you and your beautiful wife at any of our events, now's the opportunity that they can come and join us. And, you know, the events are fun and they're exciting. But at the end of the day, if you really look at things like, you know, it's where you met your your new business partner, another another gal, Denise, she met her CFO. Matt, our mutual friend, met his board member. Other people come to events and they fill their coaching and mastermind. And there's, you know, new groups that are now traveling together and they're new friends. And this thing has taken on a life life of its own. So I'd love anybody in your audience who would be interested to reach out to me. And you could certainly, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes somewhere. Uh well, where you can reach tell us out. the
1: best place to reach out to you.
0: My Instagram, just yep. right on my Instagram, Rob Murgatroyd, and we'll put a link uh, in the uh, show notes. It's probably the best way to do it. And as far as coaching, you know, what I said earlier, it's, you know, the person who's, you know, gone hard for, you know, 20 years and they're a little complacent and they got this, the writing is on the wall that they need a change, but they don't know what to do. And they're a little scared about it and they need some help. So that's, that's the sweet spot, man. Well, one, thanks
1: for hanging out with me. I miss the daylights out of you all the time. Two. Thank you for sharing those stories, like how life could be different, how to fight for what we want, what a real alignment looks like. It's been a gift to Lori and I. You've given us a lot of gifts, but the best gift that you've actually given us is watching you demonstrate what it looks like to live your best life. When you see somebody you know do it, and when you see behind the curtain and realize it's real, like I can't picture you living anywhere else now, I can't picture you doing anything else now. It then gives all your friends, like Lori and I, permission to say, hey, okay, what would my most aligned, what would my best life be? And then fight for it the way that, that you fought for it. And you give us pause and you give us reason to stop and think twice about why we want something or why we want to start something or why we want to do something. And I think that's one of the best gifts you
0: can give everybody, your followers, your friends and everybody else. So I just want to thank you for that. You have been a guiding light in my life. I don't even want to say me and my wife, because that's for sure, but me personally. There's two or three people in the 56 years I've been on this planet who have meant to me what you've, the level that you have meant to me. You have been there for me in dark times, in happy times. Everybody who's listening right now who's like, is he really this fucking nice? Yes, he's really this fucking nice. And he's really this giving. There have been times where he should have charged me a million dollars for the time that he spent with me and what he's given. And that goes the same for his wife. But I want every, every person on your audience to know who you are in your core. And I love you so much. I love you too, buddy. Thanks for being my friend. You got it.